One, two, three, four. This, my dear friends, is the Chofta. Do you want some more? Podcast with Haji Mike. Culture, music, politics, football, life. Chofdians, it's time to talk about. Christmas, Christuilna, Xmas. When I was growing up as a child in Walthamstow um, in London, there were three things that happened every Christmas and often very um, copiously. So the three things are in this order food, poker, and politics. Now I know what you're thinking, as he tied all these three things together. So let me tell you tell you that every year these three things came into my Christmas. Of course, you know, all the other things came into it, like occasionally a bit of snow, usually quite a lot of fog. Um relatives coming round on Christmas Day or us going to relatives. It was usually Christmas Day, Boxing Day was always a relatives day and New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, and it was very big in Cyprus, up to a point anyway, I would say probably up to about the 1980s or 90s maybe, that actually New Year's Eve was celebrated much more than anything else. And for that, which is the uh, celebration of light, which is on the 6th of January. But Christmas in London, bearing in mind all those things I said before that are very routine, like, you know, the fog occasionally, the snow, Christmas presents, um, Christmas trees with decorations, Christmas songs reaching number one on top of the pops, and, of course, comedy specials like Morecambe and Wiseland, all the other sort of stuff that was on the box at that time. But in our household, the three things, as I said, were food, poker, and politics. So let's start with the food. My mother, Marulla, may she rest in peace, should have really had a daverna of her own. Her culinary skills were just amazing. Relatives used to come from Cyprus um, and and visit house because of, of the fact that my mum would cook so much. You know, it was it was like a Marulan. You know, it was like a big deal, almost uh, like a pilgrimage of food and excess. So my mum would normally start cooking. She would start the shopping for Christmas in um, the week or two leading up to Christmas, and we're talking a lot of shopping here. And um, she would start the cooking for Christmas roughly about four or five days in advance. And she would make everything and anything. Of course, Christmas was, you know, the turkey and the stuffing and all that sort of thing. But all the all the other, you know, 15 course mezeres 
which always ended up at two o'clock in the morning with a soup called pachan. Um, All of these were prepared by my mum and solely on her own. She wouldn't let anybody else help her beyond peeling the potatoes or something like that. You know, the the sort of very mundane things we did. Uh, And the food was par excellence, superb, gadablichtigon. And as I said, it would be one week, one 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 day at our house, another day at another auntie's house, usually Christmas Day, Boxing Day. And the same sort of thing would happen on New Year's Eve, was often a dinner and dance somewhere, um, when they became more fashionable, I'd say from the 70s onwards. And, and usually, um, you know, this was something that... that people would have to buy specific clothes for and stuff like that. And um, New Year's Day as well, where we would have the customary cutting of the Vasilobita. The second thing, which I learned from a very young age, uh, we're talking about six, eight years old, I learned how to play poker by about the age of eight. I used to watch the adults every year, and I, I, I plucked up the courage, you know, to, and I learned all the rules of poker and plucked up the courage. But I remember watching for at least three or four years before I was allowed to play, and and watching these shillings and 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 things cross the table. It wasn't really, we weren't so much a really big gambling family, um, but, um, you know, people would win five or ten pounds originally, I guess, in, in the 60s. That was quite a bit of money. By the 70s, that would, that would have become 20 or 50. So by the time I learned to play poker and I was allowed to play poker, I must have been about 10. And that year I won about 50 quid and it was just beginner's luck. And I, I think everybody felt sorry for me. So instead of giving me um, Christmas money or Christmas presents, all the adults were going easy on me. Ah, Michalagimo, you won again. Ah, bravo, suyemo. And it was like, I was thinking I was going to, that was my career now, I was going to be a poker player. Um, <laughs> not much of a career really, is it? Uh, the next year though, my older brother, who was a much better poker player than me and still is, because I gave up on the game, um, he just cleaned me out straight away, just like a shark. It was just like, vroom, and that was it. Vroom, and that was it. He could basically tell what kind of hand I had by the look on my face. I know that sounds weird, but that's how it was. And uh, that was the end of my poker career, really. I think I played for a couple of years. And then after that, I've never gambled. I just see it as a complete waste of time. I've never betted on a horse either. And of course, the last thing was politics. This is where I learned about politics, and it was always around the Christmas table. And politics... Contemporary history of Cyprus, who caused the coup, who caused the invasion, what happened in the 60s, what happened in the 50s. All these names kept coming up year after year. My dad and my uncles always discussing it. The women weren't really in the discussions. They were on the periphery of things. Um, They did engage in it, but it was mainly a male-dominated political discussion. And it was very generational as well. And what do I mean by this? Well, we had some younger cousins, or younger meaning older than me, but younger than my parents' generation. And 
they would always turn up at midnight because they'd been out somewhere or they'd been somewhere else. And they all had these little beards and round glasses, so I guess they were all Trotskyists or something. <laughs> so they would come round to the house, knowing full well that there'd be this steaming argument between different forms of Marxism. And one, one form of Marxism branding the other as non-Marxist and deviant, and the other form of Marxism branding the other as a sellout and also Craig. And the discussion would get very heated. It would go on to about two in the morning. But everybody would end up, you know, by the end of the, by the, end of the night, and it was usually the women that would be saying it, it would be, Ade, ganiboli di gane di mi supa. And when the, when the pacha soup came out, that was it. Everybody shut up, slurped, and then just went home. And even though quite a lot of the time they had quite a bit of whiskey. Now, there was a little trick with the whiskey, which my uncle Yorzani confessed to me when I was much older. He said to me, whenever you're going to a Greek wedding, whenever you're going to a dinner and dance, you've got to um, always carry right, two to three cloves of garlic. And even if you drunk a bottle of whiskey, and trust me, this guy used to drink quite a lot, uh, you throw that clove of garlic in your mouth raw, and you've cleaned it as well, of course. Not with the, not with all the peel on it. He, he meticulously cleaned the garlic, and then would eat in several cloves of garlic in his in a handful of cloves of garlic. He wound down the window for the policeman. The policeman would literally get knocked out by the scent of the garlic, by the smell of the garlic. And that was his way of avoiding the breathalyzer. I'm, I'm sure it worked a few times, and maybe a few times it didn't work. But um, that, that soup would always have a lot of garlic in it, and I guess that helped people on their journey home. The biggest enemy of that time, though, was the fog. And when it was foggy, I'm telling you, it was foggy. You couldn't really see beyond one or two metres in front of you. And a lot of that in the 60s was largely due to the um, the amount of coal that people were burning in their homes. A lot of that changed later on because everybody put central heating and there wasn't so much, you know, coal sheds and stuff like that. Coal fires seriously caused that fog and it was a very dangerous thing as well. A lot of people would be driving home on, on you know, after a Christmas dinner and some very fatal accidents. But that was Christmas in the Haji Michael household. Food, poker, and politics. Have a good one, Choftians, and a wonderful 2024. And we're going to roll out with my favourite Christmas song of all time from Gil Scott Heron. <laughs> It's getting to be the time of year When people once spoke of love and good cheer Peace on earth and goodwill to all men And we all believed that there'd come a day When peace would be much more than on its way Cause peace has been on its way since I don't know when and the folks who decide what will be They haven't confided in me And I don't think that everybody can wait till then Well, 
makes me sad that my kids won't see Christmas the way it used to be I was so excited though we didn't have a dime But that seemed like such a long time ago And I am still a child I know But it seems like we lost much more than the time Cause the folks who decide what will be They haven't confided in me And I don't think that everybody can wait till then No, I don't think that everybody can wait till then No, I don't think that everybody can wait till then Thank you.